And I'm taking two portions of Scripture, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, and then I'll be going to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 14. And uh, I really wish you would just kind of get excited. Just get excited. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Everybody said positive. Said that's for sure. A guaranteed deal. It's the kind we like. Now we got some problems coming. Give a portion to seven and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth, and if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. He that observeth the wind shall not sow. He that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. In other words, the elements can eliminate your harvest. If you only live in the sense realm. You take your signals from circumstances, you're not going to have any corn in the crib. And as thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, or how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God, who maketh all. In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening withhold not thy hand. For thou knowest not whether shall prosper either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good." 1 Samuel 14. While you're turning there, let me ask you a very pointed question. What are you attempting that's impossible without God helping you? Tragedy of tragedies when Christianity settles into safe comfort zones. And anything we can't control, we don't try. And anything we ain't got the money for, we don't try to finance it. And anything we can't pull off without our resource, we leave it for somebody else. Let me try it again. What are you attempting that's impossible without God stepping in? The greatest problem that I see is facing all of us is the lack of being able to see the invisible. For unless you can envision the invisible, you will never attempt the impossible. First Samuel, you'd like to turn there with me, chapter 14 and verse 6 and verse 7. And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. And his armor bearers said unto him, Do all that is in thine heart, I am with thee according to thy heart. I want you to get these words in verse 6. Just three words. It may be. I'm going to talk to you about doubts that deliver. And maybes that bring miracles. Doubts that deliver. And maybes that bring miracles. Everybody said maybe. maybe. Say not for sure. Not said uncertain. uncertain. Say doubt. doubt. I read Daniel Webster's book on the way up. He doesn't preach for us, doesn't carry credentials, but he wrote a good book. It's called The Dictionary. And in that book, he gave us an answer to the word doubt. It means to question, to distrust, to waver in opinion, mental indecision, uncertainty, misgiving, lack of certainty about fact or theory, a tendency to disbelieve or to be unsure. That covered all of us. We like the sure deal. We want the guaranteed thing. We all want to make sure we win. Now, I don't know how you do it up here, but back where I go, I speak and they answer. You get no points for sitting. There's no victory in silence. 
Even God couldn't get a universe started till he opened his mouth. Ten times it's recorded, and God said. You know, that's the original Ten Commandments. They've never been broken. The second Ten Commandments have never been kept. There's no power in a stare. You have to respond. Faith is in your mouth. For if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. But if you believe in your heart and you keep your mouth shut, it doesn't help you any bit. Now, he let me play. I'm going to let you play. Amen means it's even so. You don't get points for doing this. God's not watching the shaking. He's listening for the verbiage. You ready? God is good. God is right. God is holy. God's in the house. He can take a miracle and make it a... He can take a maybe and make it a miracle. He can take a doubt and bring you deliverance. You don't have to have a promise. You can use your doubts and bring your own deliverance. We're living in the naming and claiming generation. Yes, we are. There's more tapes and more videos and more books talking about the faith people and the word of faith people. And just name it and claim it and just spit it out and grab it. Well, I'm not going to argue with that theology. It's not worth my time. But I want to help some of you, if you won't mind me saying this, you lowlifes, like myself, who are not full of faith. Who don't always know. I'm not always sure which way to go. And I'm not going to let my fears and my maybes and my doubts hold me hostage during my life until I get enough faith. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to act on my doubts. I'm going to act on my maybes. I'm going to use my fears. And I'm going to put them into action and see if God won't give me a miracle, even though I'm not everything I ought to be. Come on, now. Glory. Come on, you got it. Glory. Let me try it again. We want the guaranteed deal. The sure thing. The no risk. No way to lose. No unkind statements in your great direction. You sweet people, I just pray for you. You'll be all right. But even good bankers want some kind of guarantee. Investors don't just say, oh, that sounds like a great idea. Here, take my money. No, they, they look at prospectus, and they look at investment, and they look at possibility of gain and loss. And the possibility of gain has got to outweigh the possibility of loss, or they don't take the risk. You don't get many loans on a maybe. That's right. You can't leave your banker with a doubt and walk out with bread. You're not hearing me. Hey, you folks in the cheap seats, you hear me? Don't let the devil beat you to death because you don't talk in tongues all day and all night and see visions and dreams and always have the victory and always believe in yourself. There's sometimes when you're not going to believe in yourself, but live for God anyway. There's sometimes you're not going to have a good prayer meeting, but pray anyway. There's sometimes you're not going to feel God, but trust God anyway. Who can tell? One time in Ecclesiastes 11, he gives you a sure deal. Five times in Ecclesiastes 11, he says, we don't know. So we can't tell whether the stuff's going to grow or not. You're an idiot if you sit there and wait till you're sure the harvest will work. He said, that's the Bible. I'm not in a comic book. I'm in the Bible. And the Bible said, you're not sure when you sow your seed whether it's going to grow or it ain't going to grow. Well, what should I do? Sow it anyway. For 
But surely you don't understand the way of the woman with a child. And you don't know the way of the Spirit. Who can tell what God might do? Invest yourself in the work. Give yourself to the kingdom. Who can tell? God may take your doubts and deliver you from every one of your fears. But if you sit on your carcass and you wait till you feel it. Come on now. If you'd have sat around and you didn't build nothing, Reverend, until you were sure the Gidus was coming in. Now, I know about eating your fingernails. I built a church. Fixing to build another one. Just borrowed a million point two. I'm ready to go. You know what I did? I sat down and counted up all the tithing. I counted up missions. What I give sheets for Christ. What we give to Christmas. I got it all out. And then I just looked at it, and I stay there. And I eat my fingernails to the elbow, and I give myself an eccentric headache. And when I finish with it, it does not compute, does not work, does not balance. And one night, real late, while I was just giving myself my private coronary, God stepped into the room and said, Anywhere in your equation for me? All right. All right. Don't you hear what I'm telling you? When you don't know what to do, do what you know is right. Trust God with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him. He shall direct your path. He will fill the barns full. When you're not sure, take a chance. Don't you see? If you leave him out of the equation, you have just prostituted God's chance to show you the supernatural. Right, right. That's why a large segment of, quote, believing people are nervous with the supernatural. That's why everything goes according to the regiment, and everything goes according to the bulletin, and everything goes according to the meeting. Because we don't like being nervous out of our comfort zone. You think I'm crazy? Just think how the Jews felt when that guy came walking in who had been talking to a bush. God's fixing to put on the biggest jailbreak in the history of the human race. He's going to spring three million slaves in one night with a guy who's sunburned, who stutters, who's been talking to a bush, whose stick turns to a serpent. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. You know what got him out of that place? They said one to another, it just may be that God's talked to him. It just might be that there's going to be a miracle. I don't know how Pharaoh's chains are coming off. And I don't know how you're coming out of your trouble. All I know is that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think or even believe. Am I making sense yet? I'm going to find you cats that are just staring at me in a minute. Don't you worry about me. I look stupid. I ain't stupid. I'm talking about a guaranteed deal. Isn't it funny how we want a sure thing, we want it signed on the dotted line when it comes to the spirit realm, but lots of other realms that don't bother us. Ain't that right, you fishermen? Where you going, Willie? Going on down the creek. What you got there? Oh, I got some chubs and shiners and some minners and worms. You got a smokehouse? Well, I don't know. You just spent $16 and $25 on a license, $200 on a thing, and $2,500 on a boat? And all you got is I don't know? You are the guy who gave you the bait. He has guaranteed you will bring bass back. You are going to come back with a string of a perch, are you not? Didn't you get a guarantee with your bait? It's funny. It doesn't bother us when we ain't got a sure deal in the world of the sportsman. No, listen to a man. He's ain't a virgin voice. I've been there. I've been out in the Everglades when I live in South Florida every Saturday, Alligator Alley, four hours, beat the water to a frog. (laughs) 
I got long worms, short worms, purple worms, green worms, yellow worms, weedless hooks. I even buy stuff in the jar. You spray on the worm. Smells like a ham sandwich going through the water. Stay there, brother Crab Tree, for four hours. Couldn't even get a cold, let alone a bass. You know what? Next week, I'm back there at 5.30 again. All I got's a maybe. But oh, my friend, sometimes on those maybes, the line broke. And sometimes all you got is a maybe. Sometimes you're not sure which way to go. But keep on reaching. Keep on praising. Keep on living for God. Keep on giving. Keep on working. Because your maybe can become a miracle. I'm not trying to be unkind, and it's 9 o'clock. I said that for your benefit only. I'm not trying to be unkind. But you hunters blow me away. $700 rifle. Camouflage. Shoe polish on your face. Anti-scent stink. Long johns, buckalucks, parkers, gloves, eating out of a little can, something you wouldn't give your dog. Out 3.30 in the morning when the human race is supposed to be sleeping, and you're walking out to your deer stand. You're looking for Bambi's mother. Climb up in a stand. Face is frostbit. Your lungs are frigidaires. And there you sit, Davy Crockett. An old city slicker walks by and says, What are you doing? You know, I'm waiting for a deer. How, how much did you spend on that outfit and that gun? $1,526. Cost me $735 to, to heat up that bungalow I built up in the street, too. How, how many days you been here? Three. How, how many deer you got? We, we ain't seen a deer. And it doesn't bother you? That there's no guarantee with your gun? You mean you spent all that money, sacrificed all that time, went through all that suffering, and all you got is a maybe a deer will come by? And it don't bother you. But now all of a sudden, when we get into the spirit realm, we want God to sign on the line. And when we go to prayer, he better show up or I'm cutting it down 30 minutes. Ah. And I'd worship real and I'd get rid of my pride if I knew for sure he'd show up. But sometimes he don't show up and my goosebump machine don't work and so I'm just kind of ticked off. I'll just sit and watch. You're not hearing me. You're not hearing me. We want the guaranteed deal when we apply for the job. Yes, we do. People that dig for gold, they like to have a guaranteed deal. All they got is a maybe. Where are you going, old man? I'm going to go dig in the dirt over there. What are you planning on finding? Gold? How much gold they took out of there? None. Don't you feel kind of dumb trying? No, I think there's gold there. You mean you're going to keep digging and digging and digging and all you got is a maybe? Yeah, I'm going to take my doubts to the dirt. Let me tell you, let me help you, Pastor Man. Anybody can join a church when the thing is bumping and thumping and blowing and going and running the aisles. But who's going to be here for prayer? 
And who's going to be here for paying the, the bills? And who's going to be here when things aren't jumping and jiving? And who's going to come when it looks like everybody's backslid? You better keep believing that God can use your doubts when you've got more doubt than you've got faith. I hope I'm making sense for you. All I'm trying to tell you is don't let your uncertainties and your fears and your doubts hold you hostage until you can get full of faith. I'll help you. I'll help you. I'll take, I'll take the first shot. Anybody besides me here not full of faith? Seven people. I mean, oh, you probably, the mic wasn't on. Anybody here besides me not full of faith? Well, if you're not full of faith, then your house is being shared with doubt and unbelief and fear and anxiety and uncertainty. Welcome to the human race. There's only a handful moving around this fellowship that can read everybody's zip codes. There's only three or four that's got this word of knowledge working all the time and never miss it. And I'm not against that. But I'm concerned about the multitudes of us that are in the ditches of life. What are we going to do when he or she's no longer holding a revival in our church? Umgawa. What happens when the power evangelist and the gift and faith wonder worker leaves your life and you've got the next 11 months with uncertainty and doubt and doubt and, and doubt and, and maybe. Oh, I think God gave me something. I think He wants me to tell somebody here tonight. Use your maybe. Just like you use your maybe when you fish. And when you go hunting. And when you take a trip. And when you apply for a job. You mean you only apply for jobs that you know you're getting? Don't you know every time you applied for a job as you was coming up out of school, you walked in there full of doubts, one thimble full of faith and hope, and the rest uncertainty and maybes and scared half to death? Guess how you got the job? You used your fears. You acted on your doubts. You let your maybes produce a miracle. Oh, you're not hearing me. Now, you're not going to sit there and lie to this preacher and tell me that when you fell in love with that sweet thing that you married, that you never tried to get a lip lock from that chick till you were sure one was coming. And I never didn't ask her to marry me until I was sure she was going to say yes. Huh? You liars. A lot of you stood out in the hallway like I didn't practice your speech. And when she said yes, you went, oh. Do you know how many times we've come to God? Like this. You know what? God would rather have you come to Him like this than to stay back until you're in good shape. Bring your sin. Bring your failures. Bring your shortcomings. Bring your mistakes. Bring your doubts. It just may be. It will become a miracle because you act on your doubts. All right, I'm I'm getting my sermon now. The introduction is 20 minutes. The sermon's 15. Maybes make us nervous. They make us uneasy. They cause us hesitate to move. And I know we have a mixed congregation here, and we have visitors from all the places, so I'll address this remark to a larger part of, of Holy Roller Pentecostal people. And we have a house full of preachers, so you'll understand this. And please don't sit there stoic and act like I went by you with this one. 
Any preachers in the house besides me ever preached a message you weren't sure about? Get your hands up. Sit on the platform. Hope that God, the choir, sings again. I hope Sister Bessie takes off running and shouts it down. Because, Jesus, I'm in trouble if I'm up next. But you know what? Sometime God has forced my hand. Here's what I've had to do, Brother Williams. I've studied. I've prayed. I've sought God. I don't seem to have any direction. I walk to this thing carrying my doubts, carrying my fears, doing the best I can and said, well, it may be God will anoint this thing. And I found out again and again, God has taken my efforts and my fears and my doubts and has blessed the whole service when I wasn't sure. I'm, I, I'm not trying to cause you. are my friend. I couldn't cause you no trouble. But I'm going to say this to try to help everybody. Anybody in here besides me, the, I know Brother Allen's true. I've seen it. Anybody besides me, the Lord has ever used in the operation of the gifts of the Spirit? Put your hand up. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking mainly now. You know, we've got nine gifts. Okay? Now, I'm, and we're not talking about the power of gifts. We're not talking about healing, miracles, faith. We're not talking about the mind and wisdom gifts of God, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of the spirits. I'm talking about the vocal gifts. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, gifts of prophecy. How many God has ever used before? Come on, you're among friends. Let me ask you a question see if I'm not right. How many besides me the Lord has ever given you the scary privilege and responsibility to interpret a message in tongues, but He messed with you? As they were sitting there, you felt this, and you knew God was fixing to talk. And your hair stands up and your flesh moves. And before the message in tongues comes out, God starts giving you the interpretation. But He messes with you, and He says, Behold, And I'm standing on the platform and I'm going, right on. The whole... Behold the Lord. Now we're moving. Come on. Behold the Lord. And He just messes with you. And just says, far as I'm going tonight, it's yours. And you got this audience full of people and the gift of the Spirit's moving, and you know God wants you to talk, but all you got is two words. Because it messes with your mind, because there's been other times when God has given me a ticket tape. And I had the whole thing laid out just like a video picture in front of me. But the times when God says, The Lord! Yes, we all know you're the Lord, just keep on talking. You're laughing because you're trying to hide your fears. And finally, I'm standing there, and the Lord just says, well, talk. And he shoves you, and you go, behold the Lord. And the minute you do that, all the other words come out, and the message comes, and the anointing comes, the power falls. And you go, whoa. Because nobody likes to operate in the gifts of the Spirit with any kind of doubt and any kind of uncertainty. Let me tell you, brilliant spiritual gurus, something. All the gifts of the Spirit operate by faith. And that's why there's so few that operate consistently. Because it requires a leap of faith to step into the Spirit realm. I didn't ruin my message. I'm trying to help you. Don't tell me all you singers get up here all the time and you know God's giving you that song. Don't buy that. You just let it rip. Send it out there and hope for the best. And your maybe becomes a miracle. And your doubts become a deliverance. And your uncertainty become an answer.
Because God would rather have his people use their doubts than let their doubts abuse his people. I have been taught for years, faith pleases God. Fine, I believe that. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Fine. But what do we do when we don't have full of faith? When I have a thimble of faith and 16 ounces of fear. What am I going to do? Sit and wait till another spiritual guru comes by to plug me in? You're not hearing me. Do you remember when you first went to the altar to seek the Lord when you were under conviction and God let you see Calvary and the precious blood that was shed for you and I and that you could come and you could be forgiven? Do you know that you and I ran to the altar but we weren't full of faith? We were half scared. We half believed the story. You know how we got saved? We brought our doubts with us. And we brought our fears with us. And we brought our apprehensions with us. And we found out that God can transform acted doubt into a measure of faith. Well, okay, I can see you are tired. I'm not going to belabor the point. I want you to read for me, Rev. Verse 14, uh, chapter 14, verse 6, please. And I'll finish this right quick. I'm sorry, you're going to miss a great message. And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Yes. Come and let us go over unto the garrison of the uncircumcised. Now I want you to get this. Act like you believe this. Read. Come. And let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. Read. You repeat that again? No. I can understand very well. <laughs> It may be the same. Two guys are going to attack the entire garrison of the Philistines, and they're going on a maybe. I don't know whether you're hearing me, but if I had been the armor bearer, Jonathan would have a vision. You better have some spinach in your pocket, Popeye. Me and you are going to attack that whole crew. Just between me and you, John. God told you something in a dream, didn't he? You can let me in on it. Come on. God gave me a vision. You got a word from the Lord, don't you? And the only word he had from the Lord was, Maybe. Sometimes that's all you got, but it's enough to produce a miracle if you act on it. If you use your fear and use your doubt, who can tell what God might do? Come, I'll try to finish, okay? I'll try to finish. He no sense trying to resurrect the dead. Look at this. He said, It may be that the Lord will work for us. Now, now you got, you got to understand this. This is a funny picture. Come here, Brother Sims. This is a funny picture. Now, this is a good picture right here, but I'm talking about a funny picture. This is the armor bearer, and I'm Jonathan. The Bible said, if I'm right, Brother Crabtree, only two swords in all of Israel. Saul had one, Jonathan had the other. This poor slob ain't even got a sword. He's the armor bearer. You know what he carries? The target. The shield. Now, you turn around. You got the shield. I got the sword. And I got this crazy idea. We're going to attack the whole Cherokee reservation here in just a couple minutes. Now, I got a sword, and he's got a shield. And we're moving into miracle ministry on a maybe. The only way we're going to come out of it alive, hear me now, you better shout on this one. He better cover my back, and I better cover his back. He'll defend me, and I'll defend him. I say it's about time we stop attacking each other. It's about time we back each other up, and we stand in defense of our brethren. If he's going to be saved, I'm going to have something to do with it. Amen. 
And if I'm going to be saved, he's going to have something to do with it. We're not in this thing alone. You are my brother. You are my sister. We need you. What would happen if we decided to fight for each other rather than fighting each other? Two more minutes, I'll be done. Read on, Reverend, if you would. For there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. Don't take much for God. And his armor bearer said unto him, do all that is in thine heart, turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to thine heart. Could I wish I could find some saints like that? Do all that's in your heart. All that was in his heart was a maybe. He said, well, if you're crazy enough to attack him, I'm with you. A couple of years ago, got a vision, got a dream, build an edifice for the glory and majesty of Jesus Christ. People look at him and say, well, the tithes is this much and the offerings is this much. You've lost your mind, sins. But he had a few people that said, you know, word from the Lord? No. Got a vision from God? No. Mighty prophet of God call you on the phone three in the morning and go, he go back, he go back, No. So what are you doing? It just may be God will help us. It may be that we'll be able to build... It may be that we'll be able to build this thing and pay for it and fill it up. Who can tell? I'm almost there. All right, sit down. I'm almost there. I see you folks checking your watch. It's 920. I want you to, I want you to read for me, if you would, please. Uh, I want you to read uh, verse uh, 13, please. And Jonathan climbed upon his hands and upon his feet. Yeah. And his armor bearer after him. Yeah. And they fell before Jonathan, and his armor bearer slew after him. Read on. And that first slaughter. Now you notice how God likes to just rub it in your enemy's face? He didn't even call it a fair fight. He said it was a slaughter. Yeah. You got two guys against twenty. Yeah. Yeah. That ain't a fair fight, yeah. but you ought to see who's on the two sides, the guy's two sides over here. Yeah. Yeah. So take your maybe out there, I'll be right behind All you. Right. And two guys attack 20 guys and kill 20 of them. That's 10 to 1 odds. Yeah. Yeah. How'd that happen? Maybe. Not sure. Ain't got no guarantee. I'm just going to act in faith, and I'm also going to act on my doubts. Some of you are sitting here right now. I feel it. Did you let your doubts hold you hostage? Come on. Oh, talk to us, Lord. Talk to us, Lord. Glory. Glory, 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 glory. Keep reading, Rev. I'm fixing to get to the good part right now. And that first slaughter with Jonathan and his armor-bearing maid was about 20 men. 20 guys. Within, as it were, a half an acre. 20 guys against one guy with a sword and a shield. Which a yoke of oxen might plow. Watch this. Now watch what happens now. And there was a trembling in the whole... Wait a minute! When you act on your doubts and fears, God can start nature to moving for you. All right. Glory. That's not a bunch of fluff that fills that book. There's a reason why God said there was a trembling in the camp. Because when you get ready to fight your enemy, the thing that gives him advantage is sure-footedness. So God just shakes what he's standing on so he can't hurt you. Come on. Finish reading. And there was a trembling in the host in the field among all the people, the garrison, and the spoilers. They also trembled, and the earth went. Well, and God got the shake in the earth. Why not? The earth's his footstool. He shook it up in Acts 16 with two guys singing in the jail at midnight. He can still shake the foundation of every enemy of the church. All right. We want God to shake up the enemy while we don't act on our doubts. 
I'm trying. I wish I could get a little help here. Watch this next verse. Ready, Brother Sims? I want you to just get with it for a second. Some of these preachers out here sitting on super glue. <laughs> Read this next verse. And the watchman of Saul in Gedeah of Benjamin. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. I worship with all you music guys and singers. Get with it, Jack. <laughs> Watch this. This is powerful. And the watchman of Saul in Gedeah of Benjamin looked, and behold, the multitude melted away. Stop! As soon as you start acting on your doubts, God will cause your biggest problem to start melting away. Come on now. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Who can tell what God might do if we decide to act on our fears when all we've got is a maybe? Who can tell what miracle might come out of your maybe? I'm almost finished. Almost finished. I thought that was pretty good. Yes. You ready for this one? This is a better one. Watch this next part. The multitude melted away and they went on beating down one another. Stop. The enemy got confused and attacked themselves. How did God bring confusion and discord and division in the enemy's camp? When the people of God got together and decided to fight for each other, it, re it released the surge of the supernatural that caused the Philistines to get confused and attack each other. You ain't got to worry about revival. All you got to do is have unity, agreement, harmony, symphony. God will send confusion to the enemy. Okay, I'm out of time. I'm not out of message. I got three things I want to say before I leave. The priest had his hand in the in the in the ephod there, yeah. trying to get an answer, a direction from God. So, it's typical of prayer and seeking God. And I'm going to say some violation of theology. I'm right anyway. Read. And Saul said unto the priest, "Take back your hand." hand. What's the theology? There's some time in your life you got to stop praying and start doing. Glory. Glory. will never take the place of doing. All right. And the king said, that's enough prayer. Let's get involved with this practice. Don't take much of a giant to pray all the time. Take some guts and blue chips to stop praying and walk out there where the leather meets the road and put your testimony to the test. We got to get out of this private Christianity to public confrontation. If this Christianity don't work in the public, let's go get drunk. Let's burn this place down and turn it into a pool hall. If what you say you believe is the truth, it ought to work in the public. It ought to work in sinners' lives. It ought to work everywhere. If it doesn't work out there, it's not worth having in here. It ought to help the drug addict. It ought to help the homosexual. It ought to help the drunk. It ought to help the hurting. If our brand of holiness does not help people, let's abandon what we call holiness. There wasn't anybody any more holy in this world than Jesus Christ. And His holiness did not make Him a spectacle. His holiness touched children. His holiness touched prostitutes. His holiness lifted everywhere He went. Our hope, my God, our holiness ought to help people. Our holiness ought to lift people up. Our salvation ought to make other people better. Now, don't you walk out of here and say, Brother Arnold said, 
we ought to abandon everything we believe. I did not say that. I said if our brand of holiness doesn't help lift humanity, our concept of holiness needs to be reevaluated. I'm not afraid of you guys. I'm not afraid of you. I was a drunk. I was a whoremonger. I packed a gun. I went to jail. I know about all that stuff. But he ain't the only bum ever been in jail. I know I came out of whorehouses and hunky tonks and a terrible life. You're going to tell me anything about sin. I was mad. I wasn't born Pentecostal. I come out of hell and slime and dirt and filth. Dirty mind, dirty mouth. I know all about it. I got in this thing. Not one Pentecostal ever asked me to church. God woke me up in the night because you wouldn't ask me. You can't make me afraid. You can't intimidate me. You can't make me shut my mouth. I got this by a divine touch from God. He came to me before I ever heard of Pentecost. You can't even take it from me. And you're not going to tone me down. And you're not going to make me behave. This stuff is real. Okay, I'll, I'll finish. I'll finish. Finish reading for me, Rev. Verse 20. And Saul and all the people that were with him assembled themselves, and they came to the battle. Now what's this? And behold, every man's sword was against his fellow, and there was a very great discomfort. Here's the first result of the maybe. Verse 20. The uninvolved got involved. You silly people. Sitting on your carcass, waiting for everybody in the church to finally agree. All he needs is two or three. That's right. You may be able to go back to your local assembly after tonight with a fresh vision and said, I'm going to agree and I'm going to use my fears and my doubts and my maybes. And who knows? God may just use my effort to get the uninvolved involved. We waste too much time waiting for the uninvolved to decide to change their minds. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. I got a better one for you. Next verse. Oh, yes. Moreover, the Hebrews that were with the Philistines before that time, which went up with them into the camp from the country round about, even they also turned to be with the Israelites that were with Saul and John. Second result of the maybe miracle. All the backsliders came back. You could fill this church up three times over with all the backsliders that are in the Tallahassee area. We can fill our churches up with all the backsliders that are in the area. But the Bible says that God caused the spirit of coming home to touch those who had gone over to the Philistines once the church took a chance. And last but not least, likewise all the men of Israel, which had hid themselves in Mount Ephraim, when they heard that the Philistines fled, even they also followed hard after them in the battle. And now come the fearful. The uninvolved, the backslider, and the fearful. What a miracle. And it all comes from some dude talking to another dude, and all they got is, it may be. If you're not full of faith tonight, so what? Ooh. Suppose you're afraid. Suppose you're not sure. I got Bible for it. Mark nine, demon boy. Devils can't come out because the disciples don't believe. Jesus comes, says to the man, How long has this problem been since he was a child? And oftentimes they cast him into fire and into water. And if you can do anything, have mercy on us and help us. Have compassion. The Lord wouldn't accept that monkey. He took it off his back and put it back on his back. And said, don't tell me if I can do anything. If you can believe. 
And watch this honest man. Oh, I wish I could get his relatives in our assembly. This honest man who says, I believe. Help unbelief. I'm divided. I'm trying to have faith, but I'm not full of faith. Oh, God needed was an honest statement from a daddy. You believe, but you're afraid. You're doubting. You're not sure. Tell you what I'll do. Give me your uncertainty. Give me your maybe. Give me your fears. Give me your doubts. And because I'm God, I'll transform them into acceptable faith to me. And he turns to the boy and says, come out of him. And the boy is instantly healed. You don't have to wait till you're full of faith. You can use your doubts right now. Okay, you can stand with me. I owe you a good sermon. Oh, I know I don't. I know that. This is my business. I'm just telling you, don't let the devil damn you into some hostage hold because you're not many men afraid. Seems to me like Jesus walked up to some lady whose brother was dead four days. Her name was Martha and said, where have you laid him? And she, being full of faith, said, he stinks! He said, roll away the stone! She says, I don't want you to ruin your public image! The cat stinks! Doesn't sound like to me she's full of faith and inspecting the miraculous. She's expecting an odor. Hey, you think I'm kidding you? You know what Mary and Martha did, Reverend Seal? With shaking, trembling hand. With trying to believe, but being held by the obvious hostage. Shaking hand rolls back a stone. Hoping, afraid, not sure. Using their doubts. And Jesus smiles and that's all I need. I'll even take your doubts and make them deliver. Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came out, bound hand and foot. Don't tell me God needs everybody to be full of faith. Oh, I wish I wasn't out of time. I'm never out of sermon. And God sends a backslidden preacher named Jonah out of a whale's belly, rolling up on a beach called Nineveh, screaming, Forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Read it. It's your homework assignment. Jonah chapter 3. A heathen king proclaims a fast, puts sackcloth on the animals and the people. And here's what the heathen king says. Let neither man nor beast eat nor drink. Here it is. For who can tell if God may repent of His great wrath and turn away from His anger? We're doing this and all we got is a maybe. And the Scripture says, same chapter, and God beheld what they tried. And He accepted it and destroyed them not.